Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Today is day 107, since the question, how are you, has often been met with an awkward pause, and day 53 of this podcast. My guest today is the brilliant writer, Buddhist, and psychiatrist, Mark Epstein, author most recently of Advice Not Given, A Guide to Getting Over Yourself. I've been reading and loving Mark's work for many years, and it's an honor to have him on the show. Mark, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the way we're living now. It's a pleasure, Danny. Please describe your surroundings for us. Give us a snapshot of where you are, what you're looking at uh, as we're speaking. I'll set it off uh, against where where I used to be. For 33 years or so, uh, I'm a psychiatrist, a therapist, a writer. Uh, mostly what I do is, is uh, see patients. Uh, and I had a basement office in a loft building in Tribeca in, in downtown Manhattan uh, that I've worked out of for the past uh, you know, 33 uh, years or so. Uh, but now I'm uh, I'm upstate in a in a house that we have in Woodstock, New York, uh, and I'm in the spare bedroom uh, that I've converted into uh, a, um, a, a writing and speaking room. Uh, so there's a ceiling fan and a, a sliding door. It's a 1964 flat roofed house. Uh, so I'm looking out at the uh, at the trees. And the sky, so I have I have a real window that I'm not used to, and and nature uh, that's been encroaching for the past uh, uh, three or four months uh, into my consciousness. That's so interesting. I I've had that same experience. I live in the country, moved from the city 18 years ago, and this year I realized that I had never watched spring actually happen in slow motion, even though I I was here. Or mm-hmm. often I wasn't here, I was traveling, but I never had that experience of watching it day by yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Watching it day by day. And 
at the same time, time seems to have dissolved. So in my mind, it's still March. But, uh, you know, it's a very strange, very strange thing. So did you move up to Woodstock because of the pandemic and just getting out of the city? Yeah. I mean, basically, we've been, uh, I'm, I'm married to a sculptor. Um, and she has her main uh, studio up here. So uh, up until the virus, we were going back and forth. She was spending more time up here, and I was doing all my work in the city, and you know, we would go back and forth every week. But when the, uh, when the virus uh, began, we just came up here, and I started doing all of my uh, therapy work you know, on the, on the telephone or on Zoom or on Skype or on FaceTime or whatever, um, whatever anybody wanted. Had you ever worked that way before? No, I always resisted it. I, I hardly ever, people would ask me, you know, if they could uh, have, have sessions while they were in California or traveling or whatever. And I always said, no, I, I was very attached to face-to-face and in-person and to my little office. And, uh, but now I've totally, I've totally surrendered. Is there anything that you can say is qualitatively uh, different or that you're missing? Or is it just really that we adapt? I haven't started with anybody new. Uh, so I, I've only been working with people who I already knew pretty well, and I, and I've been um, uh, uh, relieved and sort of surprised at how seamless the um, uh, the connections have been. Um, so it, it's kind of freed me from my uh, uh, from attachments I didn't know I had to the uh, in-person and the office. And, you know, you can hear from how often I'm talking about that already, uh, that I'm not completely detached. <laughs> but um, but it's, uh, it's freed me up some, in, which has been a good thing. And I miss the, I miss the, uh, the human body-to-body uh, with, um, uh, you know, psychotherapy space in between, but the one-on-one in-person. I miss that some, but, but I've been pretty happy with the way things have been in terms of the therapy work. You live in many ways at the intersection of Buddhism and um, psychoanalysis. Yeah, yeah, psychotherapy. Psychotherapy. And you've written about this, you know, you've you've written about that. Ad nauseum. No, (laughs) I've loved reading you uh, for many years. And um, you've written about the trauma of everyday life. And it just struck me when I was thinking of talking with you that we're in a time now where it seems our experience is being ratcheted up and yeah. people are having all kinds of responses during the pandemic, you know, anxiety, fear, despair, confusion, apathy. I mean, the, you know, the, the gamut. Um, yeah. Can you speak about what you're seeing and experiencing and um, how you're guiding people during this time? Sure. Well, I, I wrote that book, The Trauma of Everyday Life, you know, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. What I found myself saying all the time when I was talking about the book was that uh, if we're not suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, we're suffering from pre-traumatic stress disorder because, uh, like the Buddha said uh, 2,500 years ago, you know, uh, uh, trauma, although he didn't have that word, he used the word dukkha, trauma uh, runs like an underground river through all of our lives, you know, because the specter of old age and sickness and death and separation from those we love, um, that that's inevitable for all of us at some point in life. 
Um, so the strange thing about the virus about this time is that um, you, you know some aspect of that has been hitting everybody all at the same time. So that that's you know very very unusual. It hasn't happened in a hundred years. You know, um, but it's but but it's um, it's not out of this world you know it's it's a um it's a sort of extreme example of what awaits us all anyway so it's bringing up for um for many people it's bringing up uh past tra traumatic experiences that have not been completely worked through and for many other people it's creating you know the, a kind of first taste of uh, a traumatic experience that uh people have to figure out how to deal with. Uh, and for, for me, the, you know, my Buddhist background, uh, because I was uh, it, drawn to Buddhism, involved with Buddhism before I became a therapist, before I knew very much about Western therapy, um, the, the, the Buddhist uh, background that I have has helped me some in, in uh, uh, adjusting, coping, dealing with uh, uh, all these changes that we have to deal with. Hmm. I heard somewhere, I think, on a, another podcast you were on that you were about to go on uh, an annual uh, seven on a retreat. Yeah, yeah. Right at the time, yeah. just as we were starting to understand. That. Yeah, I've been trying to go on these silent mindfulness-based meditation retreats. Uh, you know, once a year uh, since my kids grew up. Um, and I was uh, had my reservation, and I uh, I had my coffee that I bought to bring with me. And, That's uh, not cheating. My, uh, it's not cheating. Yeah, you can you can bring coffee and my my unscented soap. Uh, you know, I, I was I had all my supplies, and I was uh, getting ready to go right at the beginning of March. And uh, and my wife was like, I don't think you can go. And I was holding on tight to going, and then uh, uh, clearly I couldn't go. And then they closed the retreat center a couple of days after I was supposed to be there. Um, but instead of me being alone on retreat, it turned out that uh, everyone in the whole world had to be on retreat at the same time. So um, I had to use what, I, what I've learned over those uh, many retreats to kind of pace myself during, uh, during this time. Yeah, and that's something I really wanted to talk to you about. So you know, you've referred to this time as an accidental retreat for all of us. And yeah. and I actually think that that's a really gentle and profound way of coming to think about this time, you know, instead of forced isolation or somehow punishment or to think of it, if it's, if it's a retreat, uh, even if it's an accidental retreat or one that, you know, none of us wanted for all of the reasons that, you know, that, you know, the world is in a state of st is suffering, but how might we be more purposeful and thoughtful as we're navigating this terrain? Well, I think there's a couple of things. You, you know, um, my experience going on these retreats is that whatever is kind of lurking in the shadows of my psyche, there's an opportunity for that hidden material to reveal itself, uh, either in my dreams, or in the meditation itself, in the in the the thoughts that come or the memories that come, um, and I'm always surprised and kind of taken aback and uh, curious about what's what what's going to come up or what does come up. But I think something similar 
is happening for a lot of people, either in their family lives, in their marriages, in their in their domestic environments, that uh, things that uh, uh, maybe were being pushed under the rug that there wasn't time to really deal with or even to notice, uh, given the um, uh, the way uh, uh, time is kind of paralyzed. Uh, there's uh, opportunity for for uh, all of the stuff that we might be ignoring in our regular lives to that we can actually pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a chance to um, come to terms with stuff, to make peace with stuff, to uh, to make some internal changes that maybe need to be made. Um, anyway, it's so interesting to me. I've been thinking of so much about it and and wondering whether I'm making too much of the confluence of events, you know, these two thunderclaps of COVID-19 and the death of George Floyd and the outpouring that's happened since then, I feel has something to do with the fact that we're left alone with ourselves, you know, that there's no distraction. Yeah. And who knows what else is going to reveal itself you know yeah I, I have an old an old friend of mine people will think i'm strange about this but an old friend of mine is an astrologer and uh, and she said uh there's a you know saturn pluto conjunction uh, happening started in february uh, that's going to last about two years uh because pluto the the furthest out planet moves so slowly so it's uh, even from an astrological perspective, uh, it's a time of hidden things being turned up and exposed and yeah. uh, having to let go of uh, what we've outgrown. Yeah. It's like a reckoning on top of a reckoning on top of a reckoning. Yeah. 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 So what is bringing you hope now? The possibility of a vaccine, uh, that's which I think is far off, unfortunately, from mm-hmm. everything that I've been reading, uh, trying to make use of my medical school background. I don't have a lot of hope for the near future. I think we're, I think we're in a period of abeyance, at least in New York, but uh, I doubt that that's going to stick. I have faith in the good sense of the American people that the uh, election is going to bring change, but I've been wrong before. Mm. I've been very touched by how actually willing everyone, they are the bulk of the people in the country and in the world, how willing people have been to uh, sacrifice uh, uh, during this time for the benefit of the greater of the greater good, you know, but I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, I think the, the forces of greed and hatred and uh, ignorance are, are likely to be as strong as ever. That battle that's been going uh, uh, ever since I was born, I think it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. In closing, I'm just thinking about people listening and the way in which, you know, we're all isolated either by ourselves or with family or friends. And there's this period that we're in right now as we're speaking where things are kind of opening up and there are a lot of mixed messages, you know, all over the place. And I think so many people are longing to go back to, you know, use words like normal or the new normal or various sort of euphemisms for like, please, let's just have this be over. And of course, it's not going to be over anytime soon, as you say. And, And I just keep on thinking about plans and 
I watched as my entire, you know, months of many, many, many plans and travel and all sorts of things were like instantly within a day, like your retreat sort of stripped away. And my calendar went from very full to completely blank. And the thought that I was having that I guess would be sort of at the intersection of of Buddhism and psychotherapy is our plans are really always just fantasies. Yeah. Um, well, you're you're saying a lot of profound things there, Dan. But in my in my trauma book, I, I use this phrase that uh, the rush to normal, the tendency when uh, uh, dealing with a traumatic event is to try to rush back to normal, you know, and that uh, that rush to normal doesn't allow for the processing of the uh, of the emotions, of the reactions, of the responses to the traumatic event. It just pushes it down. And, and that's what leads to what we call post-traumatic stress, you know, where the unworked through aspects of whatever happened, uh, it has nowhere to go except up through your dreams and, you know, out later in life to, to nag at you and make you anxious. Mm. So, but that's a real human tendency to uh, try to get back to the way things are supposed to be, to the way things were. And uh, what we learn in meditation, what we learn from Buddhism is that, uh, you know, we never know what the next moment is going to bring. We really don't. Uh, A lot of the time, the probability is that we can almost know, you know, but uh, uh, we never really know. And now, now we're really dwelling in uncertainty. Now, you know, all we have are our memories and, and this moment. And it's very uncertain what what tomorrow is going to be, let alone, you know, November. Mm. It's possible to live much more in the moment. Uh, as you were saying, experiencing the spring, you know, but, but that was so wonderful to uh, see the spring unfold moment to moment, day to day. And we, we can live like that. And, and right now, fortunately or unfortunately, we kind of have to live like that because, uh, the more we try to make things the way they were, the more it's going to uh, rebel against us and we will end up suffering more for that. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think embracing, there's there's a peace that can be found at the center of that embracing the uncertainty. I guess that's what we're all yeah. needing to find. <laughs> we need to find it. Yeah. I, ca- I called one of my books going to pieces without falling apart. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of like where, where we're all at right now. Oh, that's perfect. If we're, if we're not falling apart, at least we have to let ourselves go to pieces. Right. That, that's sort of like letting all those plans and expectations and so on. You know, we really do all have to let that go. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk to us today. And, and uh, yeah, it's just a gift. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 